Hey, Cassidy Sergeant. You son of a bitch. We mixed up the audio files. This isn't Gone Gold. This is Awkward Pause, baby. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Andrew Street. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. It's great to be with you tonight on the Night of Nights. The Night of Nights. The wow. Night of Nights. I love what, it. what else do they say? They say something of nights, right? Isn't that a saying? Uh, good night. Maybe it is good night, night of nights. Good night, moon. No, ten, on tonight, the night of nights. Someone will correct Are me. Are you saying like it's like tonight's a special night? Is yeah, that isn't, that they, isn't that what they say? Isn't that a saying? Who's, Who's they? they? Yeah. Oh, like people who throw, I don't know, important <laughs> nights. <laughs> Like, if you were at a gala. <laughs> Maybe right? the night of all nights. I think that's what night it's saying. Nights, that's I think, at least a sentence. I think night of nights is saying night of all nights. But you don't want to say that when you're throwing the gala. you got imp- mouths to feed, art to showcase. Right, you're busy. Yeah, you got a cocktail hour to host or something. Wow. <laughs> night shows really do have a different energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys, any, before I ask that question, Sam Atherton here with us tonight. Uh, hello. I watched something on Disney Plus. Oh, me too, actually. Wow. Me three, actually. Oh, we can just start with that instead of the stupid no, I question. Hear I, your, I want to hear your question. No, no, the question was in the fucking chamber. You got to shoot it. Elmer Gordado also here tonight. It's a night show, baby. Night of nights. Uh, what I was going to ask is, speaking of galas, hmm. do you feel like you have an appreciation for paintings? Something changed uh, within the last three. Well, it was my senior year of college. I went on that trip to New York, Andrew, where you gave me a copy of Mega Man Battle Network 3 Blue. Trip of trips right For there. the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. That was the highlight of the trip. But <laughs> second to that was, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was going to be a good trip no matter what because it was, so, you know, it was my first, like, not my first, but, you know, the other trips I did in college were not domestic or were for service. So they were much more buttoned up. This was like, we're going to go to museums, which to me was the low point. But everything outside of these appointments was just like free balling it. But what ended up being a pleasant surprise was that I realized like, oh, I just hated museums because museums are not for fucking kids. And I think this is what needs to stop. Museums, art, anything interesting, don't waste money taking kids there. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Natural History Museum... They got ta- uh, taxidermy. They got dinosaur bones. Maybe that's good. That's visual. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I remember going to all these museums as a little kid, and I was like, this is dumb. The, the dumbest, even in high school, like, the, this is dumb. People only pretend to like this. It's a waste of time and a waste of money. But now as an adult, that trip changed my life. I was like, oh, shit, art. I get it now. Not all of it. You know, it is what it is. But I can definitely walk around a museum, sit there and stare and try and feel something and that's a skill I feel like I didn't have pre, pre-senior pre year of college, pre-2022. So, Elmer, do you have, like, a painting in mind that you saw when you were like, oh, shit, like, this is, like, this is viable? Or, like, a... Um, it actually wasn't a painting. Uh, it was, like, the cool thing is we went to a, we, we went to a lot of painting stuff. Mm-hmm. But then we also went to, like, abstract multimedia art shit. Sure. And I remember, like, all these art installations I saw... That were like, um, you know, it's like 30 fucking monitors on at once synchronized to like sound in a pitch black, mm-hmm. uh, black box theater. And you got this like 10 minute experience. Um, and then, or there was somewhere there was like come and go. So depending on when you come and when you go, you have a completely different experience. And I thought 
that shit was very, very powerful. And maybe that's when it clicked and why it clicked because it was like, oh, I understand how video works. You know, I, my dumb brain can't fathom, you know, the, the intricacies of painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I don't know. that I think that's when it clicked. There was this crazy art installation uh, uh, presented by Red Bull. Red Bull was the sponsor. Oh, boy. So the cool thing is the pre-show. <laughs> you go to this bar. <laughs> Let me tell you about this pre-show. So it was like this little venue in Chelsea, Sam. You you know New York. Mm-hmm. This little venue that I guess Red Bull just sponsors. Sure. And they have different exhibits, you know, every month or whatever. Um, I think I know the place you're talking about. Wow, look at that. They had a, a red the Red Bull Lounge where I was chilling, and there's a little little bartender, but all the drinks are Red Bull, mm. and they have every Red Bull variant. And as someone who like can appreciate a like. Uh, you know, a sugar-free Red Bull every now and then. I'm just not really an energy drink guy. Um, it was exciting to see all the colors. So we had the Red Bull pre-show, and then we had this, you know, crazy experience that I think was about capitalism and uh, how horrible it is, um, which, you know, it's a good message. I think an anti-capitalist message sponsored by red bull <laughs> is an art exhibit like that's a piece within itself like it's a oh piece yeah within it all piece. works yeah oh yeah i kind of love so that. so elmer you, you you talked about the the video and stuff in my uh when i graduated from college my capstone class was about like what is art and uh it was it was really interesting in terms of like modern like in terms of modern art and one of the things that we kind of talked about is you know is something art just because someone says it's art uh like the example that i think we talked about in my class there's like a famous artist who had done like other installations and he just put like he went to some like store bought a bunch of vacuums and put them on the wall is that art what do you guys think i think it can be right like i think doing it in that with that with that context where it's like it's gonna go in an install as an installation even if the installation is not planned i think you could say the finished product is art it could be that's the thing i think a lot of things are art and i think an important thing about like qualifying something as art is that does not make it good Mm. you know what i'm saying i think there's bad art that's fair and i think that could be an example of bad art where it's just like Oh, I'm choking on the fucking irony of you like being smarter than me and putting vacuums in here, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like. But a, I think you know the first couple thing. times someone does that, it's art, right? You're challenging the status quo of art. Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah. have you ever, have you guys ever seen the? It's like the canvases that are just like painted white, and like that's mm-hmm. the art. Mm-hmm. So I always or think like, those are very interesting. A lot of Banksy stuff, I think, is trying to challenge the you know the status quo of art shredding paintings and all that kind of stuff i think like the absurd Do you remember how cool it wasn't that cool as fuck yeah i never know what those things like is it planned or like what the deal is but i think it's i mean that dude seems so wild that i yeah. I, i'll believe that it wasn't planned i always love the things yeah. that pop up where it's like someone's like hey i bought this banksy uh replica off of some dude on the street and it's like, yo, that's legit, and that was Banksy you bought it from. And it's like, <laughs> what? But it was like some dude just selling street art. Mm-hmm. It's like he That's insane. The stuff he does is crazy. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry, that not let's let me I'm gonna keep talking about art because I love this shit. 
Uh, I can think of two instances, Andy, to answer your to answer your question about museums. Uh, one, Elmer, it's the it's the Griffith Observatory. Yes, sir. in L.A. Uh, yeah. I went there when when I turned twenty one and uh, saw Van Gogh's Lilies, and like I don't know for some reason like you could get really close to it, and just seeing like the like there's just like he did not give a fuck, you know he was just like layering paint on and i thought that was just like so beautiful and like you know it was just his interpretation um was really beautiful and uh the second uh there's a very my favorite painting of all time is uh liberty leading the people in the louvre and it's just like it's like that french lady she's like holding up the flag and like all the people are behind her and shit uh easily one of the most beautiful paintings i've ever seen incredible sorry that's the thing though it's like when you see a, a real when you see something that connects with you and you're able to like get up close and see the textures and like the, you know, like where the brush strokes are like there, there is something about like, fuck a person did that. And then you add the layer of like a person did that a long time ago. And a lot of people worked really hard to preserve this shit. Mm-hmm. I also, and I don't know if this, go ahead. No, I was just to that point. I also just really like the idea that these painters made these things. And like, some of them were like, I don't know, kind of not well regarded in their lifetime where like some of them were poor and homeless and like that, not that that's a good thing, but it's just crazy in hindsight. Now these things are like the most, you know, precious pieces of art in mankind, like, you know, behind layers and layers of security. It's just, it's wild to think about that. Yeah. There's, there's a fantastic movie I'd love to recommend to both of you. I think it's one of my favorite movies of the last couple of years. Um, but I think it has a great uh, commentary on art and, like, the class divide with art. Uh, Nocturnal Animals. Mm. Um, I, I'm assuming it's going to be, like, on Amazon Prime. It's got to be somewhere. Um, it came out maybe – I knew Robert already. So, like, four, three years ago, uh, starring uh, Amy Adams, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Michael Shannon in one of his best performances. Mm. Um, and there's like a great section that just tackles this exactly what we're talking about. And just like, well, like who decides and, and what is art and all that shit. Um, great movie. Go watch nocturnal animals. I, uh, I took a class in college that was like similar digital media type of, uh, thing going on. And, and the professor ended up being awesome. It was like a four hour class once a week. Oof. Oof. It was rough on Fridays. It was like when I first started, it was like one of the only classes I could get because, you know, picking classes sucks in the beginning. So it's like I just grabbed it. Professor ended up being cool as fuck. I was like super into all this weird music into like experimental digital art forms. Uh, And so he would like break the class up every day. We would like come in whatever the topic was that day, he would like present something to us and then challenge the idea. Like he was like, what do you guys think is audio art? And like, you know, everyone raised their hand and be like, it's the Beatles or Kanye or or something like that. And then he would play like these like fucking audio scapes and like all of this crazy shit. He played uh, this band like called negative land, which is, yeah. It's like, because uh, one of the segments of the class was on art and copyright. And it was like, Negative Land was this band 
that only made songs themselves very rarely, but made a lot of songs using other people's music. And so there was like a huge thing because they made a song using a U2 song and like U2 sued them. And then they like made a song like with the lawyer phone calls (laughs) and like overlaid that on stuff. And it's like, it's so fucking sick. And it's like that class I think really was like, because you know, it starts very normal, right? Like art, and paintings and very traditional and you're like this is cool and then it like goes off in all these crazy directions it was neat mm. art's wild cool. man this podcast is art i was about to say did you ever play awkward pause for them and <laughs> show them know. what's up this i think was before we met must have been hmm. yeah must have been back in the old days mm. speaking of the old days that's a great setup for uh what we all watched on disney plus being the infamous Mighty Ducks 2 Smart House. <laughs> so we all watched Hamilton. Yeah. Sam, you didn't see it on Broadway? No. Okay. I don't know. I didn't know if you had. I thought maybe there was a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was never... I feel like... Did you have a desire to see it on Broadway? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I, I enjoy, I, I saw a few plays on, or a few like musicals on Broadway and you know, they were great, but I'm not like the stereo. I'm like, I'm not the person who's like, oh my God, I need to see the waitress. I need to see, I don't know, whatever. Like I, I that's not like my thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the times I did get to go, it was very beautiful and very well done. Yeah. They do put on. I've been to quite a few Broadway shows. That's not a brag. Just It just so happens. Um, and they're always very cool. Very grateful to have seen them. It's def- it's also definitely not my thing. Friend of the show, Melissa, likes Broadway a lot more than me, I would think. Um, but yeah, it's always been a neat thing. Hamilton was this weird thing, kind of like Book of Mormon, where there's just a lot of buzz, a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I kind of wanted to see it just because of that. It's like everyone's talking about how incredible this thing is. Um, never driven enough to enter a lottery or pay the absurd amounts of prices, which is the problem with Broadway that it's yeah, it's, ungodly. It's crazy that like I don't like this is the one that is like commanding six hundred like six hundred dollar tickets. I'm sure still, um, mm. but you know. I guess, you know, good for them that they, you know, were able to do that. Um, or I guess they, well, they I mean, probably sold the tickets for a price and then the resellers sold it for mm-hmm. the bigger prices, but. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's still, I think, on Broadway, but it has now been, no, it's, no right it's now. not on Broadway, really? uh, but it's mm-hmm. been ripped from the, uh, the private booths of the theater and thrown onto Disney Plus. Um, it's amazing to me that we don't get this with all the other plays. It would be nice, uh, but I guess you got to keep the mystique and the the lore of uh, the show to to bring people put asses in seats on uh, on Broadway. Anyway, long winded way to say we all watched Hamilton, um, and I thought it was pretty good. I was like kind of into it. I was a little, I'm not going to lie. I went into it super cynical. I was like, I'm ready to not like it. 
Um, I was being a little asshole about it. And I'm like, this is two hours and 45 minutes and I don't want to watch it. And uh, I thought it was all right. I ended up liking it. I think it, uh, I warmed up to it. I don't know that I yeah. was like as hyped as everyone else. Yeah, I think Andy, I was definitely ready to dislike it. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really, really clever, really well done. It was cool that like all of, you know, it was like by 95% of the cast was like people of color. Um, and yeah, I just thought, yeah, I don't know. Like the songs were cool. Um, I don't know. Full spoilers for Hamilton. There was like (laughs) for history. Yeah. But like the scenes with, uh, there was like that one, the one fucking whatever that shit's called where they're doing the rap battle. And, like, that was, I thought, so clever and, like, so, you know, kind of well done in terms of, like, how they're presenting it in, like, classic hip-hop fashion, I guess. I don't know. They kind of, there's, like, the full spectrum of, like, the hip-hop world. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it it hit me pretty early on. There was a lot of, like, oh, okay, we're, like, kind of sampling like these famous not even so much sampling but in the style of these famous hip-hop songs uh from like the past couple decades which i thought was cool um and i thought the rap battles were neat you know i think it has a little bit of corniness to it yeah but i think it's, it's intentional camp that i think is yeah I, yep. that that's a big thing i was reckoning with too like i'm a i'm a, I'm a theater theater guy i like musicals quite a bit um, I think it's a it's a shame that like there is this situation where because of the way it works, like you know, oh, there's a part of it that's not so evil, right? The the supply and demand, you just can't do this live that many times, right? And that's why it's like expensive as fuck. Um so I can I can understand it, but it does suck that even old musicals don't have you know, and maybe this will inspire others to do the same, but like don't have the foresight to plan ahead because this recording is from 2016 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which was chosen because it was the the, a month later i think like june is when this is from and i think july is when the original cast retired the show Mm -hmm. and that's when i went to chicago and then it started now it's touring or it was touring yeah um with just like a a touring cast um but it, it is like you 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 understand like why it got the attention from everyone because it's like different and it's like you know you get all these old people that are like let me see what this hip-hop's all about and then you got young people that are like oh shit hip-hop i'm down um but i i I enjoyed it i thought i you know you would i definitely would like to see more of this i definitely landed kind of where you guys are at um probably more positive um but there is that thing where it's just like at the end of the day it still has to have that theater camp like it just kind of it's people singing narrative so at a certain point that can only be so not corny Mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know it 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 is it is funny to reckon with like the fact that yeah this shit's fucking uh you know cute really extra cute (laughs) um but but i i kind of loved it yeah and i definitely went into it like oh i was expecting like just the camera aimed at the stage but this is like a you know well shot there's cuts there's different angles like 
you know, they kind of put the, a little bit more effort into it, to, you know. And obviously this is Disney and it's Hamilton, like two of the biggest things of the last few years. Uh, Fun fact, ha- uh, Disney was not involved at all with, like, this recording. Oh, they weren't? Mm. No, they just bit, outbid everyone <laughs> for the rights to it. Man. Damn. Like, I really do think it was, like, the the foresight of, like, Liminal, Miranda, and company to know that this would be a valuable thing to do to make this accessible. Mm-hmm. They were also one of the first people, like, for the first show, the original show, to, like, commit X amount of viewings to be, like, at student cost. Oh, wow. So, like, students could afford to see it and they wouldn't have to compete with, like, regular prices. Um, so, I, I do think there is there's probably that angle, like, from the beginning. But, yeah, Disney bid 75 mil Jeez. to get this on Disney+. Plus. That's crazy. Because it's funny. When we were starting it up, I, I turned to Melissa and I was like, I didn't know Disney owned Hamilton. Like, I didn't know that they were <laughs> yeah. t- linked together. Like, I know Disney owns, like everything like and a lot of broadway space like i mean half of broadway is disney shows and disney theaters it seems like um but yeah damn 75 million to get that on that's nuts yeah wow yeah Yeah. and the, the the funny thing to me was like the i did think it was like well shot and cut and all of that was really really cool and you need to do that because if it was just like one static shock i think we would all been fucking not into it maybe yeah um but i think at the same time that does work to like undo the magic of theater of like the the immediate oh my gosh moment of like this is people doing this live Mm -hmm. um even though it's still you know this is probably shot you know over a couple of nights maybe Mm -hmm. uh stitched together but I don't know. There is something where, like, the whole time I was like, yeah, these cuts are here and they make it better. But it does kind of take away from the, you know. And I had just watched rewatched Birdman a couple weeks ago, too. So I had, like, the one shot in mind, the fake one shot in mind. So um, it's just kind of interesting how you have to balance both of those those things to make it more, like, consumer-friendly for people watching it at home. But still trying to capture the, like, in-the-moment fuck it it's it's all live back to back uh thing that like think is is what makes theater special yeah yeah and i think just like the fact that it is like you're seeing it live is like kind of that special thing so i think like you know the cuts were great and stuff it just it it felt like it did kind of lose something in the fact that like i wasn't in a theater i wasn't like sitting um but you know i i understand like a fuck like you know who can afford those tickets um how long can i mean even just like if you want to see it now you're not going to see it with this cast yeah you know even just that that part alone is kind of man yeah you you really hope more people do this and it'll be interesting how much like we'll never really know but does this basically how much does this hurt the touring and future of hamilton right like i think at this point like um, it's probably just in the next couple of years going to hit the, you know, high school kids can get the rights to the show part of its site of the cycle of like theater shows. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if like the touring imp- like takes a hit or if it actually makes it better. Cause more people are like, I like it already. It's gotta be better live. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like man i mean like on on my list forever has been the book of mormon like there's i i've seen so many like ripped horrible fucking i was on pornhub once to watch like one of the musical numbers i couldn't find elsewhere because obviously it gets taken down left and right um but yeah i've like scoured the internet to like piece together that show um and yeah i don't know you, you just hope it becomes easier but like weirdly enough this is one of the few things where like i can understand at least a little bit more why it it has the problem it has yeah yeah and i think book of mormon much like hamilton was it's like impossible to get tickets oh like yeah lotteries and, and high prices and yeah so it's definitely a benefit to the majority of society <laughs> to have this on uh if we can get a cut of like these plays also like you know it would be nice to get these kind of saved forever high quality you know on tape versions of these original casts like just for archival purposes i guess yeah that is interesting right like the music does get i guess recorded and saved yeah but yeah like you'd think people would be more precious about like preserving the original version of it um just for fucking history Mm -hmm. and i imagine like those probably exist right like i mean for all i I know there is a video right rent you can probably watch rent i think has like an official play cut i don't know if it's the original cast Mm -hmm. but like phantom of the opera i feel like that's probably out there right like these big ones maybe uh yeah but there's a lot on broadway that probably doesn't make its way over yeah and, it, and it, I mean, it's just interesting that they recorded this in 2016. It's not like the bidding took four years. It's like there was a plan to like, you can't really, this wasn't even supposed to be released when it was, but it was released when it was because of the pandemic. But like, you know, the, just put it, put it away, put it in a fucking vault for 10 years. Who cares? But like, do it. Yeah. Yeah. What a I think it maybe, yeah, I think it maybe yeah. it just had like started to kind of lose its hype. You know, maybe maybe a little bit. I'm not super in tuned with that, but like now, I feel like it's fucking everywhere. Again, mm-hmm. definitely. So you know, good for them, good for Lynn. Yeah, for Disney Plus. Good show. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some. I mean, some songs there that straight up just slap. There definitely is. Yeah. Some of it yeah. is a little like uh, we were talking corniness. It reminds me of like epic rap battles of history sometimes like there was a couple <laughs> lines and oh, like yeah. that's very reminiscent of like those videos uh, but yeah it is it is very good the cast was like incredibly talented like the singing and everything was amazing oh yeah good time good times i booted that was like the first time i booted disney plus in months yeah yeah, I mean, I don't watch much on Disney Plus. There's a show called Prop Culture that has a very cringy host, mm-hmm. uh, but every episode's like a Disney movie. So like, one will be Mary Poppins, one will be The Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's this like guy who I think they just plucked from YouTube or something because he has that that vibe. Philly D. Um, but he just uh, yeah, it's Philip Philip DeFranco. <laughs> uh, it's ang- it's it's a. 
Oh, fuck. I, I fucked up the joke because I forgot his name. Angry Joe. Is it Fat Joe? It's Angry Joe. No, one's the rapper, oh, one's the YouTuber. back. <laughs> which one's which? Angry Joe. Fat Joe is the rapper. And Angry Joe's the oh, okay. rapper. <laughs> That's I mean, a common mistake. I would love to see Fat Joe talk about Mary Poppins props. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's like, uh, you know, it's like he'll go into the Disney vault and, like, pull up these random props and then bring them... You know, wearing all these latex gloves and being super careful and bring them to like the cast members or the production crew, you know, 20 years later and be like, talk to me about how you made this fucking, you know, horrible styrofoam Tron helmet from the original <laughs> Tron. And it's like that, the, the conversations and the stories are cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, you know, the Disney access that like you just can't get elsewhere. Um, but besides that and the color of friendship, I haven't watched much on Disney Plus. Yeah. Disney very uh, yeah. topical conversation because Disney opened its parks. I, we were just talking about Disney World the other day. Holy shit! It's wild. There are, we don't have to dive into the incredibly varied stories of Disney World this last weekend. But yeah, it's open now. Isn't it crazy though? I'll talk about it. Okay. Isn't it crazy that like they just can? They did they it. Just can. The yeah, they just can. Like. like <laughs> that no one there's no one can stop them. Yeah, dude, it's the NBA bubble. How else are they gonna play basketball? Dude. It's just crazy. And like, you know, today to date the show was like they were saying this weekend, like the highest number of Florida cases ever. Yeah. Highest per any state ever. And like sure, some of the shit, you know, catches up. Like I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like, yeah, it's all from day one Disney. But it's like if it's catching up and it's this bad, this shit's only gonna keep dominoing, guys. It's also like I don't know. I feel like Disney World is just organized chaos on a good day. So it's like yeah. put a pandemic in it. Like I saw, I was reading like clips of people who were there like reporting it. It's like oh the seventeen of the Purell stations ran out. So it's just like. A hundred people gathered around one as it one by one they all walk up. It's like we're kind of defeating the purpose. It's like rides aren't being the meme, right? It's like how do you keep up and clean rides in between, right? Like these things are they have it down to a science that they're like rushing people through there, and I feel like they're not stopping yeah. to wipe down the logs on a Splash Mountain in between each sitter. It's like yeah. What what really infuriates me, and this goes across like everything. It's just like. You know, Andrew, you write a, you know how to write a press release. Mm-hmm. You know that like someone important might read a press release you wrote, and at the end of the day, you wrote it. You know, like that's fucking hilarious. And all these corporations are like, you know, we got all these plans, the system in place, but you have had a shitty job before. You know how much you don't give a fuck at like. You're, even when you have a good job, there's just days where you're just, like, not batting, you know, great. You're just not doing great. And it's just oh, it's just such a fucking goof, man. I mean, did you see the, what the, did you see the video they uh, – Oh, yeah, we're open. It's like – Did you see all the different, like, meme edits of it? No, but I want to. Uh, <laughs> there's so many people that, like, like with very minor editing, like, mostly just audio editing – Made it just seem like a fucking horror. Oh, I trailer. did see one with the us music overlaid. The uh, oh, that was another one. Yeah, on remix. 
nuts. It's rough, it's... man. Sam, you were going to say something? You couldn't fucking pay me to go to Disney no. World, but Sam, you were going to say something? So, uh, Andrew, can you just do me a big favor and say the word dive again? Dive? Yeah, speaking of diving, Elmer, I two weeks ago you talked about a show. The Floor is Lava. Yes. And on a whim, I was like, hey, Mom, let's watch this show. It's called The Floor is Lava. We fucking binged that shit. Yes. What? Okay, first of all, whoever <laughs> wrote that, fuck you. Like, the the writing in that show, awful. Those, like, corny awful. jokes. Terrible. Yeah, the guy who has to, you know, it's like the host yeah. doing, like, the, the BO over people eating shit. Yeah. And it's like, I, I literally told Robert that, like, two episodes in, I was like, dude, my dream job on this whole fucking planet is to be the guy that just is like, all right, here's the footage, punch it up, write some jokes. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like, oh, it'd be, it'd be the most fun because you don't even have to be good jokes. There was like, and, and so so for, for listeners, each team is like somehow loosely related to like by some thread. And like they run with those jokes like through the whole time. If it was like a firefighter, it was like, oh, ho, he's getting splashed. Hose him down or like some bullshit. But there was like a group of three women who were gamers. Mm. And they were like, their team name was like the Triforce Cuties or something. And at one point, the host is like, wow, the cake is not a lie. And I Ooh. fucking lost it. They dropped a portal reference. Wow. That was a, that was a very deep cut. Uh, but that terrible writing aside, cut. like that looked like so much fun. And uh, I think I would be really bad at it. One, I'm overweight. Two, I'm short. Uh, but it would be a lot of fun, I think, to try. Oh, yeah. Elmer, do you think they, like, how, how do you think you'd fare? I don't know, Sam. I think, you know, I think I'd be able to do some, something. Like, I wouldn't be stuck <laughs> at the first step. Yeah. You know, you remember the, the spinning bed? Mm-hmm. Fuck that. I think I could probably make it on the bed. But after yeah. that, I think some of the, like, jumping and having to land without slipping would not be good for your boy. I also don't have much upper body strength. Um, yeah. I'm also a coward. So probably not going to go well for me. I think if the three of us compete, we all fall in the lava. Easily. Oh, well, because we'll yeah. be having too much fun. <laughs> right we did it on purpose we yeah. wanted to be in the lava what we do is yeah. see if we're all on it there's no jumping because we then have cassidy hold robert's ankles and then they fall forward like a human bridge we run across <laughs> them then we pull them back the other way because they're both so tall that'd be great yeah see, i thought you were gonna go with like cassidy's in the water Robert's on Cassidy's shoulders, mm. and it just looks like he's walking on water like Christ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's just two arms up. holding his ankles. As he... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Andy, Andrew, how do you? Th yeah, how do you think you do, Andy? I think I'm in the same boat. I think yeah. I get a good, you know, the announcer says we didn't expect him to make that one, that first jump, but then from mm -hmm. there it's all out the window. Then I'm done. Yeah. It's it's fair game. I'm gonna put the effort in. I'm gonna make the jump. But you know, like yeah. there's no there's no saying I hit the edge of my chest or something like. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
but I don't think I'm going out right away. But it so I haven't watched the floor is lava yet. We, it's good. I do want to watch. I think it you you and your girlfriend would love it. We just started the Zac Efron touring the world thing. We watched one episode of that. Hmm, is it, what's that, that on Netflix? Oh, okay. Worth it. At least I think. It, yeah, it's Netflix. It's Netflix. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. It's goofy. You know. It's for what it is. It, it is it good at what it's trying to do. I think so. I mean, it has a, okay. I think, a somewhat noble cause. He's like, I mean, the first episode, he goes to Iceland. He's like uh-huh. showing the Iceland, you know, the culture, different food places. But then uh, uh, the major focus of it, and I think the major focus of the series, is how are these other places tackling climate change? Hmm. So Iceland, it's like a lot of um, like hydropower and like steam. Keep your fridge open. Yep. Like, just learning how to power things with a bunch of fridges stacked on top of each other. <laughs> a bunch of Xbox Series Xs. <laughs> they built a supercomputer. That's their server farms. Yeah. But it's neat. Okay, I'm in, I'm into that. Mm-hmm. It's got. What, like- do, what do you and Melissa watch? What, where do you get? When do you guys come together and watch on the couch? When like, or what know, do we watch? What? Like, what do you watch? When it's like not a real show, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you're not trying to finish Succession, mm-hmm. you're just trying to waste more time in the day so it's a reasonable time to go to sleep. Um, I think like those moments are a bit rare because we have different like our schedules are a little misaligned, so it's like on a weekend we usually set out to tackle something. If we're not, we're probably watching YouTube videos or, mm-hmm. like, some shitty, like, Love is Blind. Like, we're watching Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Classic. Or, you know, something along those lines. Maybe, like, a, an episode of, like, one of those mini documentary series on something silly, like, how is this candy made? Or, like, so whatever we find on Netflix. Um, okay. Something kind of low commitment. Light. Yeah. Some light content. That's that's what Lexi says. She's like something light, please. Mm-hmm. That see that's you turn on the Epstein documentary and you're like, look at this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the cue. This to is pull America up, to pull up the defunct land videos, mm. and then immediately be told that that this is this too is much too light. much Disney stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I my Lexi's YouTube homepage does not look like you and I's. No. I assume Melissa's does not look like you and I's. No. <laughs> I. I show a Scott the Waz video every once in a while. No, no enjoyment. Uh, and you do that thing where you're sitting next to her and you like try to make it look like you're not looking at her, but you're looking at her to make sure she's like paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls out her phone and you just give her a glare. And then you're like, fuck, the good part's coming up. Yeah, I'm like, come on, watch this. This is about Wii accessories. You don't want to see this? Scott the Waz is about to... F- Tell off Linus Tech Tips. What's going on? You're on Twitter? Come on now. I wish there was beef uh, with some of these YouTubers. <laughs> the ones that don't definitely don't have any beef with anyone. Yeah, not enough drama going on. Yeah, I need Scott the Lost to fucking fight another YouTuber. <laughs> uh, so, I've been watching Space Force. Have you guys watched this? No. I, w- I saw the bad reviews and I, I didn't do it. I was kind of in the same boat, but I 
I I like it. I yeah. It's a really I think it's a really good critique of like the military and just like and you know kind of like our political landscape now. Uh I don't know, it's just really there's like a lot of like really subtle zingers at like the government which I think are really really well done. So there's just like kind of like throwaway jokes but at the the army like the military's expense and uh yeah i I don't know i think it's funny uh steve carell is definitely playing a character uh but yeah i don't know i think it's good okay i would yeah i I need a lot of like during the day tv you know just tv just i need i need a sound while i'm you know sweating over emails i i you know that are fine but i'm stressing over for no reason yeah i need i need that I think uh, one of the coolest things is like one of the secondary characters is the kid who was one of the interns on the office. That episode where they like Stanley Ooh. has an affair. It's the yes. like the the Asian kid. The he, Asian kid. Okay. He's like a secondary uh, character in this. He's like in every episode. Wow. And I, it's I just think like Michael calls him Jet Li. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's like a cool, really subtle callback. Um and there's like kind of a lot of those sprinkled in circle. It's got a good cast okay. too. Like it's got Ben Schwartz in it. Like I like mm-hmm. the people that are in it. Yeah. I don't know. People I I don't really understand like the the hate for it. It's fine. It's I think better than other sitcoms. So, there's yeah. the there's the review on Space Force. Speaking of that reminds me speaking of sitcoms. You guys ever watched How I Met Your Mother? I've actually never watched a single episode. I watched it. It was big for me in high school, right? Right. I've seen clips of it now, and it's a big yikes for me. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of humor that has an age well, but also, like, I don't know. I just don't know how I liked it. I mean, dude, there's so much stuff. There's so many things like that. You got to be kind to yourself. Yeah. It wasn't your fault. You know? I didn't know any Andy, 2008 Andy? Little little punk, you mm-hmm. know, big dumb guy. Yeah, uh, that Jason Siegel's peak was <laughs> <laughs> how I met your mother. Um, what I did watch when I was a kid, but also held up, and I finished recently, Avatar: The Last Airbender, a real gem of a TV show. Sam, have you watched? I. I mean, I I've, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode. You need to maybe, watch. Maybe when I was a kid. I don't know. It just doesn't interest me. It's because it's Western anime, and I, he thinks he's too good for honestly, it. Honestly, I think you're right. I do it's think you would like it, it, though. Yeah. It is. You know, Sam, I've tried so much anime. Mm-hmm. I've only finished two anime in my life. Okay. Avatar The Last Airbender and Beastars Season 1. Okay. Uh, B-Stars, basically furry porn. Yeah. Like, you know how, like, when you, you know how, like, when you type Overwatch into Pornhub, it gives you, like, Overwatch porn? Mm-hmm. If you type B-Stars into Pornhub, it's just clips from the show. Like, there's no need to get creative with it. Um, so that's that. But I think you would love Avatar, dude. It's just straight up good. But here's the thing. I don't like action anime. Like I don't like fighting in anime. This is not an action anime. This has I don't like action anime at all. I hate action anime. This is not action. 
This is there's so many there's like stretches of episodes with zero combat. Hmm. It's it's teenage drama. Mm-hmm. They're just not in a school. They're fucking war criminals. They ride around on a sky bison. <laughs> dude, Appa. Dude, oh. yeah, dude, Appa with the chopper. Dude, when I got to the the Appa's last five days or whatever the episodes call, I was crying my eyes yeah. out. What a show, oh, man! Man, that's like yeah. See, there's so much of the shit of that show that I did not register as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't. I, I was not expecting the show to be better than I remembered it. Oh yeah. You know, it really holds up and it's like, it's the, I rewatched it and I finished it on Friday and I got hit with like, you know, when you finish something like you get like that post show depression a little bit, it's like, damn, I was like watching this for the last couple of weeks, slowly making my way through, remembering how good it is. Then it ends like, that's it, man. It's over. It's a great ending though. Oh yeah. I'll say that. Did you? And then there's the, very satisfying. the legend of Korra. I don't know if you watched that. Not as good, but pretty uh, good. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's just funny that you say not as good, but still very good. Robert says Avatar Last Airbender, not not good. Legend of Korra, the best thing in the world. So, you know. He's always got to have those more, more, Yeah, more evidence to the contrarian master himself. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we're going to start Legend of Korra soon. Hell yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a me, Lexi, and Robert show. Mm. Uh, which we haven't had many, the three of us together. So it's going to be, we'll see how that goes. Mm. I wish I had a, a me, Melissa, and Robert show. Oh, I don't <laughs> me know. Me too. Um, yeah. It's so crazy that Melissa's met Robert. I know. I know <laughs> this show's not about Robert, but everything comes back to Robert. I know. It's all connected to him. Somehow he, he infiltrated all of this. I feel like Melissa probably thinks he's a nice guy, huh? Yeah. He was probably behaved while she was around. Yeah, he's really nice. Thinks he's just another one of my friends. He seems really nice. Yeah. She doesn't know. I have Little to, I, does she know? I have to tell her sometimes, like, dude, he loves fucking Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God. I made dinner tonight. Oh, yeah. So what did you cool. have? I've been cooking a lot. Hell, yeah. And nice. I want to thank uh, both of you. For playing key roles and inspiring me to uh, reconnect. You know, because growing up, I always liked cooking. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, I guess I'm not like all the other boys. Something happened. You know, little things here and there. Mm-hmm. Just so many little things in my life where I was like, fuck. No one I know likes to do this. And as a little kid, I was always like, not even a little kid, middle school, high school. I remember liking cooking. Because the funny dynamic in my house was that my dad was like the cooker. And my mom can cook really well but just because of how their work schedules worked out my dad was always the one cooking um so (laughs) oh man here let's turn off our cameras fuck editing this is gonna suck if this sneak if this sneaks its way in there just know that this episode was a nightmare to fucking edit um my dad was the cooker around the house so i i always just cooked with him and shit and whatever point is i'm cooking a lot now Lexi's here. She's facilitating. Uh, we did HelloFresh a couple times. That was fantastic. Would recommend if you need a, you know, need a push um, to kind of get that going. Um, and I felt like after doing it for one week, it was just like, oh shit! All right, forgot I like to do this. Uh, I'm gonna walk you through what we made tonight, Sam and Andrew. Okay. Can you guys say something so I know you're still here? Mm-hmm. We're we're still here. 
Perfect. Great. Internet's not being great, guys. Mm. Um, so, protein, some Atlantic salmon. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, a little garlic powder, um, some lemon juice, salt and pepper. Kept it simple. Put that bitch in the oven. Dunzo. Uh, while I was doing that, Lexi was on the side uh, making this little, um, almost like pico de gallo mm. kind of situation to spread on the salmon. It was cilantro, onion, jalapenos, mango, onion. I might have said that already. Lime juice. Tomato. I think that was it. A little mm. olive oil, a little avocado, probably. Yes. I think mm. that's it. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Mix that shit together. That ended up being, you know, a nice little little topping on top of the salmon. Um, and then we made a salad. And, you know, there was uh, walnuts, dried cranberries, um, blueberries, strawberries. The fruity salad underrated. Yeah, I will say that in general. Definitely. Uh, I think I, I think I'm big into the fruity salad. Uh, a little poppy seed dressing. Mm. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything else on there. That was it. And then because Lexi uh, was particular, was this? this uh, we went to Robert's house last weekend, which is a whole other thing. His parents are lovely. None of it was passed on. Um, it was Fourth of July. So we had like corn on the cob for the first time. You know, it's not it's not really a thing you make all the time, mm-hmm. or at least uh, like we don't. And we were like, oh shit, man, we forgot how good corn on the cob is. And then we made some corn on the cob today too. Nice. How did you do? So how did you? What... How did you make the corn on the cob? Uh, just boiled it five okay. minutes exactly. Um, then I put it on a uh, 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 griddle for you know maybe thirty seconds. Uh, each yeah. side, you crisp it uh, up a little bit. L- yeah, just get get a little get a little brown on it, mm-hmm. um, and then a little bit of butter and a little bit of salt and pepper. Mm. There you go. Good to go. Hell yeah. Corn on the cobs nice. uh, is an underrated because you never you you do never have it. It is a summer barbecue thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it's out of season, probably not as good. Also, it's a lot at home, right? Like get a typically buy it it comes in the husks yeah yeah it's a thing yeah and that, that, that's that's how we bought it like this morning mm-hmm. so i just bought two which is nice you know just exactly what we needed yep. you put those husks in the trash and uh, don't have to deal with it again so i think i, I think i definitely maybe it's because it's the summer too and it was like so sweet it was just yep. like the way corn the way you imagine corn tasting when it's not the summer Mm-hmm. So, I never thought about the season part, but maybe, maybe that, maybe that's the trick too. Yeah, dude, you gotta be. Because I was just blown away. I was just like, "Fuck, I forgot how good corn is," and I have floss at home, so it's like the one concern with corn taken care of. Mm-hmm. My uh, my mom always says that you got the the corn stalks. They get they got to be knee high by the Fourth of July. I don't know. That's what my mom always says. And that's an old. Uh, is that when you? I thought I thought corn stalks were tall. Yeah, but like it's supposed to be like in the growing season, knee high by the Fourth of July. Ah, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. Sure. But uh, yeah, so I'm curious about the the Hello Fresh. Is that like a what's that other one? Blue Apron. Is that like a is it a similar thing? 
Same exact thing. The only okay. reason we went Hello Fresh is because a coworker had a, you know, like the yeah, the 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 code they give you to get more people on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we're just like fuck it, let's try it, and it was fucking great. Um, really, re- like it just like the salmon, like you know, the, the first meal we had was salmon, and I was just like reminded, oh shit, I like salmon. Oh shit, salmon's so yeah. fucking easy and quick to bake. Yeah, it's in- incredibly so, easy. So that was the best thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was the best thing. It's just rem- reminders um, on, like, how fun cooking can be once you have, like, a plan. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I fuck myself because I'm so bad at grocery shopping. But this morning was maybe the first time I ever successfully grocery shopped. And I think it's because I was thinking in that Hello Fresh like, let me just plan my meals instead of just buying shit that looks fun. Yep. <laughs> Which is something I I am <laughs> getting better at, but incredibly guilty. And Melissa does. I don't even go to the grocery store usually anymore. Well, Damn. Melissa goes on Sunday without me <laughs> because I'm guilty of like, all right, let's plan out the meals. Here's what I'm. So I cook. Melissa does the grocery shopping. We split, and then I'll go to the store though and be like, we have all our meals planned. Out. I'm like, oh, but look at look at this tahini sauce. I could make <laughs> something with this, and then I, and that's always the thing. It's always I can make something. Yep, it's like with this. this looks great. I could make something with this, and then get home and be like, look up a recipe. It's like, oh, I have none of the stuff to make this, <laughs> but I got the tahini sauce at least. Oh, oh fuck, that's too real, dude. But yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I got in. I was just to say I tried the the blue apron one time, and like yeah, those recipes are really cool. It just kind of bugs me how, like, you get two tablespoons of sugar and, you know, it's like the exact rest, like, it's the exact, you know, proportions you need, but it just seems so, like, wasteful, I guess. I don't know. That was, like, the what one What do you thing mean, that, wasteful? Just, like, you know, you're spending, you're spending this money and you're getting, like, the exact amount, like, two tablespoons of sugar or salt or whatever but like you know you could buy an entire thing of like salt or sugar or flour or whatever like essential cooking ingredient it just seems like kind of weird to only get like the exact amount you need rather than like measuring it out yourself i think it's made specifically for a specific group of people right i think a lot i think a most inherently millennial problem is that mm-hmm. there's no cooking skills like and i speak as someone right like i didn't i didn't take culinary in high school if i did i doubt it was really that beneficial to most people <laughs> um and i think like there we have every single convenience at our fingertips right you can just get food delivered and like i think it is a hard habit to break out of that and then cooking can be daunting i think that this is like just another service that does everything at once for you. you don't have to think about anything it just does it for you it's definitely not cost effective but i think it's good yeah, because it's a good way not. to get it in, in like it happened we did it once and then like it got me deeper into cooking i think the same thing for elmer it's like it's a good way to like it breaks it down it's like oh now i see this is i can do this like i can make these recipes online and then i just can learn how to grocery shop <laughs> yeah yeah i think the the 
I mean, you, you you put it so well, Andy. I think like it's definitely wasteful samurai in the the monetary sense for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not something like if you do this every week, you're probably really well off or just like maybe bad with money, one or the other, <laughs> because it's not it's not like a sustainable thing to do week yeah. to week. And I mean, even just like um, the amount of like plastic it uses too, I think is like a little excessive it's you know i think it's just yeah like that too for sure yeah but But. it definitely got me started like to have it you know if if cooking is persona 5 hello fresh Mm -hmm. and blue apron are pokemon you know it's like baby's first fucking recipe and it's funny because like as in touch with the internet as i am i feel like what i'm paying for with hello fresh is the curation Mm. like I know I could find every recipe known to man online, but I don't even know where the fuck to start. So HelloFresh just helped me. This sounds like a fucking ad, but <laughs> it helped me get to like that place where like, oh shit, I, I learned one skill in this box and that skill is now with me forever. You know? Yeah. It, 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 and I wouldn't have, I know I could have just Googled it, but the difference is I wouldn't have. And that is maybe inherently the biggest millennial problem is, is, you know, we got depression and shit. So it just, everything feels fucking hard, even though it's not. Oh yeah. Any, any hurdle or excuse to then not do that thing. And then Uber eats some fucking Thai food. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Yeah. So, so Elmer and Andy and whoever, whomever else is listening that wants to, uh, to like cook more uh there's a, a youtube channel his, his name is chef john at foodwishes.com and he has some of the most incredible videos on like how to make food and just like kind of like the wide spectrum of things like there's no real category um but i've followed a lot of his recipes and they're really good and his videos are really well done too yeah chef john awesome damn I'll check that out because I feel like cooking more has sent me down a rabbit hole of content I never knew about before. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you know, then I, about a year ago, I got into the Bon Appetit content, which is in a, is a, on fire right now, but. <laughs> Problematic brand, but yeah. you know, what are you going to yeah. do? 100%. You didn't know? Yeah. Who knew what was going on? Hope it all gets sorted out. Those people are incredible. I hope they leave and go start their own thing and are more prosperous. Um, yeah. Yes. But like I, I've got we we I've got some food YouTubers that you guys should check out. A little Internet Shaquille, he's great. Mm. It's a uh, wealth of content, and cooking's great. Eating food is awesome. It's the best like yeah. way to get dopamine. Yeah, you really forget. I think that's the thing that like it's kind of like working out, where like you need to lock in with the part of working out that is really good. Because if you're just if you're not someone that enjoys working out. If you're not someone that you know, right now enjoys cooking, I feel like the the secret to unlocking it is remembering the part after that feels really good. Now, like there, there's something about just like a meal is never gonna feel better than when you make it. It's corny and fucking lame and trite, but it's fucking true. Especially and if you're like, well, I don't feel that way, make better shit, bro. Like do what you gotta do. <laughs> To just elevate it a little bit and make it a little bit more interesting for yourself. But 
that's the same thing with working out where it's just like you have to remember how good it feels after yeah not how much it fucking sucks to get there and then do the thing i also think like you know it is a necessity but it also is a skill so you have to hone it like you i think a lot of people probably expect to follow a recipe and then have it be like instantly delicious but there is a lot of room for error when cooking things It's, it's jazz dude yeah a little salt here, a little garlic there. By the time Lexi's pulling out the measuring, you know, spoons or cups, I'm already like, I don't know, that looked right. Yeah. That looked like the right amount of salt. I eyed it. <laughs> what do you want from it's me? It's a pinch. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a fucking, you know, that looked right for for the amount of meat I'm looking at, for the amount of water I'm looking at. That was that just looked like the right amount of fucking salt. Get off my back, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a pro. And with that, boys, let's uh, let's serve up this dish and end the show. Thank you for listening, everyone. Hey, have you cooked something recently? Why don't you tweet it at us, at Pause on Twitter. Are you making gaming-themed meals? Let us know. Craft <laughs> macaroni and cheese, that's still cooking. Everyone starts somewhere. Uh, follow me at StreetSweeper1R. Follow Elmer Gordado at... At Elmer is not mad, but he is sad. Sam Atherton. Uh, catch me on Etsy, etsy.com backslash shop backslash S-A-M-U wood goods for all of your wood goods. And you can find Cassidy Sargent at Sergeant Cass, and that's never been truer than right now. Three.